Yeah, Lord, you are holy. And we're all in your hands. It's all in your hands, the whole earth, all creation. And so, Lord, we want to um, commit ourselves to you now. We want to um, respond to you now. We want to have open hearts and open ears and open minds. And we want to see you in new ways this morning. May your kingdom come in us and through us. Amen. Amen. So, as you know, we've been on this uh, on this series of um, what is church. This was my working title for this morning, Faithful and Fearless. It's been quite a week, though, and I've changed my title this morning. Um, not to that. What is that? What are we doing? What are we doing? Here we go. Yeah, here we go. Sunrises and birth canals. <laughs> Told you. Told you it was going to be good. So, sunrises and birth canals. You're really going, what? I mean, what? I mean, yeah, and very justifiable question, what? Um, so, let me try and give you an insight into my thinking here. Um, I've already talked just before about... Um, where we're at, that we, we, we've had this sense of all these, these words and these pictures and this sense of us stepping into something new and it is undeniable that this is beginning. We are seeing all sorts of things going on. We are seeing people come to faith. We are seeing miraculous um, healings. We are seeing um, people stepping out. I think they're you know, recognized as a greater um, just engagement and expectation within our Within our worship, I think some of the um, some of the favour that we have in our town and in our nation um, is is quite incredible at the moment. And um, some of the conversations we're in um, strategically in Parliament and in government and in um, different areas is quite extraordinary. And I think we're seeing this new. We're seeing the beginnings of the new. And yeah, these things come with challenge. We were just talking before about the, the, the structuring to try and create the capacity and create the strength to move forward into what God is calling us into. And there's this, this idea that having talked about these things coming for so long, actually we're beginning to see it now. The sun is rising. you know. And there's this idea that was first actually put out there by a theologian called Thomas Fuller saying it's the night is darkest just before the dawn and that might be a um, that might be a phrase that many of us might have lived in some aspects of our lives um, that might be something that is lived experience for us, might be something that resonates very truly and deeply with us but there's this idea that actually you know the dawn doesn't doesn't just happen and it's like, oh, everything's lovely. And no, oh, now like, oh, look, there's a dawn. Like it's actually pretty dark before we get into the dawn. It's actually pretty challenging before we get into the light. 
there's this there's this idea, and actually the uh, the imagery that came to me also, kind of maybe for some of where we're at, is this idea of birth canals. Uh, now, this is because for a few reasons. There's a um, I am. If you want shocking news, I am. It's hard to believe. Look at me. I'm, I am on the verge of becoming a grandparent. Um, I do the maths. It doesn't make sense, but. Um, but here I am, finding myself in this situation, and and you know, and we've been through, we've been through this journey with a number of other people, and as you know, I was um, leading a church. We have all sorts of people who have having children, and this conversation comes up every time. And I was chatting to Jacob yesterday, and just this idea of, oh my goodness, you have no idea. <laughs> and they're there going, no, 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 we think we think we're ready. I've heard that before. <laughs> like, there is. For those of us who have ever been in that first child experience, there is nothing that quite prepares you for that, is there? It's like you, you think you know, you think you've got this down, you've read the books, you've read the manuals, you've done your homework, you've been to your birthing classes, you, I mean, you've done it all. And then that day comes. And literally, I mean, the first, there's, the whole, there's the whole birth thing, which is, I mean, just what on earth is going on there? And then, and then... You take the child home, and you're walking out of the hospital like you're just waiting for the police to rock up and arrest you. You go, where do you think you can go with that? You're not ready to be a parent. What earth do you think you do with that child? Give it back. And everyone's waving at you going, have a lovely life. Nice. And you're going, they letting us out with this thing? Is this, is this no one stopping us? And then you get into your house, and you walk through your front door, and you kind of just hold this baby. You look at each other and go, now what? And you plan, then where's the manual? What do we, nothing prepares you because your life looks nothing like it did just even hours before or days before or weeks before or months before. Nothing prepares you for that new. And I kind of feel that's maybe where we're at. And maybe we sit here and you hear me talking about, oh, it's going to be this and it's going to be this. And we're all going, oh, I mean, that just sounds exciting. I just cannot wait. This is going to be the most fabulous, fabulous thing we've ever encountered. And you're going, oh, my goodness, are we ready for this? Like, do we, do we have any clue what this is looking like or going to look like or going to be like? And, and there's this idea as well that actually, you know, that moment of birth is a pretty intense moment. And uh, when that baby is in that birth canal, things get pretty tight. Things get pretty... (laughs) Things get pretty squeezed, don't they? Keep going. Like, but you can't go, actually, no, that's not. Like, should should we... It's not going back. We've got to see this through. We've got to see it through. You've got to push through. And, I've, and my sense for us at this moment is actually, yeah, you know, actually there are things like when you're transitioning from one to the other, when you're transitioning from one place to the new place, when you're transitioning um, into new life, like actually that transition can be pretty intense that transition can be pretty challenging can have all sorts of pressures can have all sorts of challenges can have all sorts of um you know there's this kind of there's this 
squeeze before it comes, we step out into the new. And, and I feel like that's where we are. And there's no going back. We push through. And, um, but we push through, and there seems to me to be a few principles of how we push through. So what I want to read is a um, story that I read in this great book about a church that was just stepping into something new that they'd never experienced before and they were seeing ridiculous growth and they just weren't quite sure how to handle it. And um, there's a little passage. It's in Acts chapter 4 and it's the church just after Pentecost. It's fair to say everything's changed. It's fair to say nothing's quite like it was just a couple of days earlier. In Acts chapter 4 it says this. Take care of their threats. So what's happened here is um, Peter and John, have, uh, some of the disciples, some of the apostles, and they've been in the temple and as they're coming out, there's this guy there asking them for money. And they go, we haven't got any money, but what we can do is we can introduce you to Jesus. Get up and walk. This guy is lame. He's on the mat. And this guy gets up and walks and dances and sings. Everyone's going, oh, my goodness. What was that? What's going on? And um, so the religious leaders haul them in because they, they think they've dealt with this whole Jesus thing. And now here is disciples doing the same things that Jesus was doing. And they're not quite sure how to handle it. And they're going, oh, if we lock them up, then that's going to be a problem. And if we punish them, that's going to be a problem. But maybe we just ask them to be a bit quieter, be a bit nicer. Should we, should we do that? Should we just ask them to be a bit more low-key? about what they're doing. And so then they have this whole conversation and the disciples are just like, absolutely, no, no, we're not here to follow you, we're here to follow Jesus and we're going to do what God tells us to do. And then they're praying to God and they say, take care of their threats, threats of the religious leaders and give your servants fearless confidence in preaching your message. As you stretch out your hand to us in healings and miracles and wonders done in the name of your holy servant Jesus. While they were praying, the place where they were meeting trembled and shook. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak God's word with fearless confidence. The whole congregation of believers was united as one, one heart, one mind. They didn't even claim ownership of their own. No one said, that's mine, you can't have it. They shared everything. The apostles gave powerful witness to the resurrection of the Master Jesus and grace was on all of them. And so it turned out that not a person among them was needy. Those who owned fields or houses sold them and brought the price of sale to the apostles and made an offering of it. The apostles then distributed it according to each person's need. This passage has some fascinating principles in it about how we push on, how we see this through, how we step forward. And you might be sat there Sometimes we can be kind of, you know, our cynical self can come in or we can be kind of tuned to things. You're going, oh, here we go. He's going to ask us all for more money. He's going to ask us all to give more. So that's not what I'm going to do. For some of us, that's what we will need to do. And probably in very significant ways. But that's not the point. 
We spoke to you back in April about stepping into the new and some of the challenges and and the church responded. Collectively, the church responded, giving has um, gone up, and that's been really encouraging. So this isn't another, like, oh, come on, people, we need a bit more, because that's not what this talk is. There are some principles here that are really important that I want us to understand. Firstly, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They were all filled. Seems to me a principle of pushing on is that we all engage with the Spirit of God in new ways. That we all allow ourselves to be filled with the Spirit. That we don't just leave that to the few guys on stage or the leaders or the trustees or whoever it might be, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. What does that look like for each one of us? You might now be wishing, well, actually, can we just go back to that giving thing? Maybe I'll just give a little bit more. But actually, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they continued to speak God's word with fearless confidence. This is disruptive. This stuff might get you into trouble. This stuff might be uncomfortable. I was hearing a story um, just this week of somebody in the church who found themselves in a situation, middle of town, I think around the Primark area, pouring with rain, and they encountered somebody who was really distressed, really troubled, not coping very well. And so they went and they spoke to them and they listened to them and they took the courage because they felt like God was saying, pray for them. And they go, well, I don't know what to pray. And they go, okay, we'll pray in tongues then. Pray in tongues for this person. And they both ended up on their knees, on the ground, in the pouring rain, in the middle of town, declaring their love for Jesus. Now you might go, Oh my goodness, that's so exciting. Yeah, it's exciting because it wasn't you. <laughs> it's exciting because someone else had to do that. And you can go, that's amazing, what an incredible story. Are you prepared to be on your knees in the pouring rain in the middle of town, taking the courage to pray for someone? Because that's what God said to do. What does it look like for us all to be filled with the Holy Spirit? What does it look like for us all to be speaking this stuff out. And speaking God's word isn't stood on the corner quoting scripture of people. Speaking God's word is the prophesying, is the speaking life into the places that need life. And doing that with fearless confidence. The whole congregation of believers was united as one. This seems to me to be another key principle of how we push through. Unity. We talked about it a couple of years, a couple of weeks ago. Unity. Entirely united. If there is something that you're uncomfortable with, if there's something that you think that we're not getting right as leaders, because do you know what? We don't get everything right as leaders. That might be crushing. That might be devastating. Sometimes 
we don't quite know what to do. So we pray. Sometimes we get it wrong. We're all figuring it out. And it might be that you might be going, oh, this just bothers me. I've got these questions or I'm uncomfortable about this. Or I've heard two or three other people say this stuff and now I'm really worried. Come and talk to us because unity needs light. Unity needs conversations and connecting with each other and listening to each other and hearing each other and bringing our questions or our concerns or our ideas or our creativity. Or you might be sat there going, well, why have we never done that? Come and ask. Come and have the conversation. Bring your idea. We might never have thought of it. Unity is absolutely essential for how we push through into the new. The whole congregation of believers was united as one. And this is a congregation of believers who didn't exist three days earlier. This is a whole congregation of believers that three days earlier was was 11 scared guys in a room going, we don't know what to do. And then Pentecost happened and suddenly there's 3,000. Now, who needs a strategic lead of operations to sort out discipleship? Now, who needs to figure out some systems and some processes? Because 3,000. And then what we hear in this passage is, this is just a couple of days later, and now there's 5,000. That's an element of church growth there that maybe might bring some challenges. They are, they are being united together, thousands of them who didn't even know each other three days earlier. And they were totally united. So, unity seems key. They didn't even claim ownership of their own possessions. After two days, people, they're going, I'm all in. Whatever's mine is yours. Whatever God wants, I give. That, that's something, isn't it? Nobody sat there going, well, well, I've got a couple of questions about such a making process on that, so I'm not going to... I'm going to hold on to parts of it, or I'm going to withhold, or maybe I'm going to give a little bit less, or maybe I'm going to... They are all in. Entirely together. Entirely united. Sharing everything. No one said, that's mine, you cannot have it. They shared everything. The apostles gave powerful witness to the resurrection of the Master Jesus and grace was on all of them. They shared everything. We also saw in the passage that there were people who were going, well, I've got a field or I've got a property or I've got this thing and I'm going to go and sell it and I'm going to go and bring it because this is what God's telling me to do. They shared everything. They gave whatever God told them to give, however costly. And there will be some of us this week, this fortnight. I am confident in this. There will be some of us, without doubt, probably me included, where God is saying, I want you to give this significant amount. There will be some of us. You need to go and sell a field or do whatever that looks like in 21st century Britain. Whatever that looks like in your circumstances. There will be some of us who God is talking to this week and saying go and do that. And we will need to go and do that. 
But that's not all of us. That was some people did that. And if God says that to you this week, do it. I can come and talk to us. Some people do that. But everybody was filled with the Spirit. Everybody was united. Everybody had grace on them. Everybody. It might be that some of us who need to give significantly, and what might be, it will be. Some of us need to give significantly, but everybody needs to be united. Everybody needs to have grace on them. Every one of us needs to be filled by the Spirit. Joe, where are you? Where's Joe? I've lost Joe. At some moment, Joe's going to come running up. But what we're going to do what we're going to do is we're going to we're going to step into that because we push through at these moments when we're on the brink of dawn and of sunrise where we're in that birth canal into new life and we we push on we push through. We don't go back. We don't step back. We don't go, oh, it's a little bit scary. Oh, it's a little bit dicey. Oh, things are a little bit tight. We push through. And pushing through does look like examining, listening to God. What is it that you want me to give? Do you want me to, what is it you want me to, whatever that might be. But pushing through for all of us, for every single one of us in this room, pushing through says, Spirit, fill me. I'm going to stand together with my brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm going to stand together with my community and I will be totally united. Spirit, fill me. Whatever you ask, whether you want me to give significantly or whether you want me on my knees in the middle of town in the pouring rain praying for someone I barely know or whatever else it looks like, Spirit, fill me. So why don't we do that this morning?